Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. This is Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Good morning. Stock markets are turbulent. Could the ride get even bumpier as markets anticipate aggressive Fed tightening? Strategists say investors have very few places to hide in markets right now. So where could the next rotation rise? And could the S&P enter a bear market? A 6% rally in the price of Twitter taking it to 51.70 on the back of news that Musk's $44 billion buyout has been accepted. We'll take a closer look at market reaction this morning. And Bitcoin, last Last traded at 40,535 US dollars. Does the cryptocurrency face challenging headwinds in the next week as more investors shy away from risk assets? Time to check in with Tony Sycamore, APEC analyst at City Index. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, Michelle. Good to have you back. Tony, why do you think that the backdrop for US stocks is deteriorating, as you wrote in your morning note? Yes, well, this has been an ongoing process for the past two or three months, but quite simply, the era of ultra-low interest rates and surplus, surplus liquidity is, is ending and has ended, and it's now being reversed. What we're seeing from consecutive Fed speakers over the past couple of months is the Fed is really attempting to aggressively tighten monetary policy to tame inflation, and they are trying to do that at the same time as engineering a soft landing into the backdrop of slowing growth. So when we're talking about slowing growth, we're referring to the war in Europe. We're referring to peak surplus stimulus is now behind us. And more recently, the unknown has become the lockdowns in Shanghai and potentially in Beijing. Now, all of this is coming on top of an energy and commodity shortage. We've got supply disruptions, which appear to be only going to get worse, given what's happening in Europe and also in China. And we also have the deglobalization and decarbonisation of the economy all going on at once. So mm. it's a hugely turbulent backdrop. But when we look towards what the interest rate market is now pricing, we're talking about 250 basis points of additional Fed tightening by year end, um, coming while all of this turbulence is happening in the, in the background. And the thing that really scared me most, probably about six weeks ago, was when St. Louis President Bullard compared the current tightening cycle to 1994. Now, that was my very first year in markets. And I remember it very clearly, but the Fed was very active in raising interest rates from three and a quarter percent to six percent, including a 75 basis point rate hike, which we're now seeing spoken about by voting Fed members. So that adds to the, the, the deterioration in my book. But the other interesting thing about 1994 is mm. we have to be mindful that inflation is around eight percent now. Back in 1994, it was 2.5%. So everything suggests to me that we are in for a rocky ride ahead. Well, what kind of a correction did you see back in 1994? And do you see any possible parallels with what we can expect now? Morgan Stanley analysts say that the odds of a 20% correction in equities is increasing. I agree. Uh, look, back in 1994, it was more modest. It was around a 10% correction. Mm -hmm. And then the S&P traded sideways for the duration of the year. Uh, but this probably reminds me a little bit of 2018 when we did see a 20, 25% pullback in key US equity markets. Uh, so I think they're probably spot on with regards to that. It, it, it looks to me like at this particular point of time, the S&P has 
got towards the bottom of the range. Now, we've been uh, reiterating that the medium-term backdrop is fairly dark. In the short term, we went tactically short the S&P 500, looking for a test of range lows. Now, if you were to look at a chart of the S&P 500, the range lows are, in fact, 4130 to 4100. Now, overnight, the S&P got to 4195, which was all but reached. So the bottom of the range has now been reached. And in that sense, I think the easy money for the call of a lower S&P towards range lows has now been achieved. But the one thing which that has prompted me to do is to to square up the short-term tactical bearish bias because I'm also looking at things like the AAAI uh, Investor Sentiment Index. It's at 30-year lows. We know that there's so much going on in the world. Uh, That Investor Sentiment Index is reflecting what we're seeing. But when the market all gets to one side of the boat, we often get a spring back. And I think potentially we may see a spring back in coming sessions. Um, We're also in that fled Fed blackout period. So we're not going to get any more hawkish Fed talk at least until May the 4th. So that might give the S&P and the NASDAQ a chance to recover back towards the top of the range, if you like. But once it gets up there, I think it's a firm sell. Equities looking vulnerable ahead of uh, Fed tightening aggressively. Uh, we're expecting, you know, a, a rash of earnings this week, Alphabet, Apple, Amazon. What are you going to be looking out for, Tony? Yeah, well, the earnings season so far has been relatively mixed. We saw uh, some big misses from people uh, from companies like Netflix. Mm-hmm. Tesla's, Tesla's done okay. And this week we have tech giants reporting Alphabet, Apple, Meta and Amazon. Uh, the big stocks have been under pressure really since November 2021 on concerns about the growth outlook and, more importantly, rising interest rates, which undermines their valuations. And those valuations we know exploded during the pandemic. More recently, we're looking towards headwinds that include supply chain disruptions and potentially are set to worsen. Uh, Inflation is still a massive, massive issue for bond markets and that becomes a problem for tech stocks. So I think what we're going to see is a a major test of some of these valuations. Um, Predominantly, we would expect to see companies like Microsoft and Apple do a little bit better, but Overall, we're looking for um, lower growth and of around 5%, which would mark the smallest increase in profits in the past five quarters. So again, we're talking about the, uh, the, the backdrop of equities deteriorating. This is part of it. Earnings as well look to have peaked as we came out of the COVID reopening. And now there is headwinds that have challenged those earnings growth. And as I said, we're looking for the smallest increase in profits over the past five quarters. We've been looking since yesterday to market reaction, possible market reaction over in Europe to uh, Francis Macron pledging change after beating Le Pen to win a second presidential term. What are you seeing in terms of European stock markets? Uh, More broadly, the the US dollar is strengthening against the euro. Have you seen any impact uh, when it comes to the currency in response to France's election? I think the market was well-placed for Macron to win his second term. And in that respect, we saw a, a slight bounce after the open on Monday morning. But then the thematics, which are driving the euro more broadly, uh, took over. And those thematics, of course, are there is there has to be a risk premium attached to European assets and currency markets because of what's happening on their doorstep in Ukraine. And I look now, and, and, and you mentioned the US dollar, the US dollar has just absolutely ripped higher. The euro looks set to test 
the 106.36 low we saw back during the COVID fell off in March 2020. There's no real reason for me to go in there and buy the euro. In fact, we're getting close to where potentially we might see a bottom 105, 103-ish, at least a short-term bottom. But again, it's a sell-the-bounce situation because really we talk about the ECB wanting to tighten rates, but growth is slowing and, and that must be front of mind. There has to be a risk premium attached to these assets. So I don't see any reason to go in and buy the euro while the unknown situation in Ukraine continues. And I think it will continue for many, many months. Unfortunately, we have to sell bounces in the euro. So, uh, and that bounce was sold yesterday morning and here we are trading back down close to 107 at this point of time. Well, we must talk about Musk buying Twitter, clinching that deal for $44 billion uh, cash in a transaction that's going to shift control of the social media platform and all its millions of users and global leaders to the world's richest person. Now, we saw Twitter's share price rally by about 5.7%. What do you see in terms of market reaction to Musk buying Twitter? Yeah, no, so I guess this was... I guess the end part, if you like, of when he took a stake earlier this this month, and the confirmation that he was it was now a friendly takeover. We saw that six percent rally in the price of Twitter. The company accepting his buyout offer. He does talk about um, a lot of changes he wants to make, including free speech, uh, which which I don't know how much that will will impact the company, to be honest with you, and its users, but. What we do know is Twitter's due to announce its results later this week. Right. There is a lot of unknowns in terms of what he plans to do with the company in terms of who's going to run it. I mean, he's already CEO of Tesla and SpaceX. Um, does he keep the current board in place? And where does the equity component of the deal come from? There's, there's a lot of questions there. But look, at the end of the day, when I look at the chart of Twitter, it does appear to have bottomed. It's sitting back above the 200-day moving average. I could see it pushing up towards 58 to $60. Um, but from there, I think it's probably comes a little bit more of a two-way bet. All right. Speaking about the broader backdrop of a risk-off mood, how is Bitcoin trading amidst the deteriorating market narrative you described earlier? Well, it had a, it had a look down towards $38,000 overnight. And it has been, for me, an impulsive... We, we saw it make new highs up around 48,200, which was the 200-day moving average, probably about six weeks ago. And from there, it's just fallen about $10,000 down to $38,000, as I mentioned. Now, interestingly, it's picked up a little bit of support down there around 37000 to 38000 If you just put a simple trend channel across the price action over the past three or four months from that 33000 low we saw at the start of the year. Uh, that support was coming in around 37000 to 38000 And as I mentioned, with equities now appearing to have put in a short-term bottom, I mean, there's still risk to the downside. I'm, you know, we've, we've had a good call there. We would be moving to the sidelines. And if that call is correct and, you, and equities can rally, we know that equities and Bitcoin have a very tight correlation, and that could potentially see Bitcoin trade back up Towards 45,000, the 200-day moving average is still sitting up there at 48,000. I would need to see that resistance area around 48,000 to 48,250 be broken before I could say, listen, the downtrend um, has been negated. We can now see a more positive outlook for Bitcoin. But while it remains below 48,000, then I think there is still some downside risk there. So in the short term, certainly looking for higher prices, but medium term, the bigger picture is we've got interest rate hikes, we've got unknown uh, 
you know, potentially volatility in the equity space, uh, and that will keep Bitcoin under pressure in the medium term. He's back from a break and sounding better than ever. Tony Sycamore, thank you for joining us. My pleasure, Michelle. Thank you for having me. He's APEC analyst for City Index. Tony Sycamore there. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.